amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, and welcome in to the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. I'm joined, as I always am, by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. You always got to dub them ease. And Mark, today we've got a jam-packed show. Going to be talking a lot about the NFC North, a division in a past video where you've been getting a lot of flack on your opinions on the North. Yeah, where's the NFC North now, guys? Come on. I know you all thought I was overreacting, and one... Jon Snow's coming. Also, you guys don't... I like to just, you know, rib on Ricky a lot, too. So let's <laughs> let's let's calm down a little bit. But NFC yeah, North still off sucks. Viking. You pissed off Viking fans. Vikings, your team sucks. Hey, we're not doing too your hot. Your team sucks. Yeah, we're not doing too hot. But we got rid of Blair Walsh. Things are going to mm-hmm. look up. The, Go sun, the sun's still going to rise in the morning. But what we're going to talk about on today's show is first we're going to dive in to the Alshon Jeffrey suspension maybe try to get some tears out of mark but it probably won't work then we're going to look at the detroit lions and kind of finally give you guys some respect because uh usually we don't talk about we'll you guys we'll talk about you guys for a couple minutes about like one but uh we're going to talk about can you guys win the north and the lions chances of winning the division and then we're going to dive into the hottest team in the NFL right now the best team in the NFL sorry Sean the Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to ask the question, will they win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Two good teams to talk about, and then one real, real shitty team. Well, and we'll start with that shitty team. That is yeah. the Chicago Bears. Go Bears. And uh, the big news uh, coming out from yesterday is that Alshon Jeffrey suspended mm-hmm. four games uh, for taking a little PEDs and uh, got popped well, with it. to be fair... You know, Alshon Jeffrey tells us that he was taking the good stuff, the stuff that he's allowed to take, and some magical person somewhere out there slipped some of the bad stuff in there. So totally not his fault. Well, he and shouldn't that, be blamed. And that was my biggest thing at the beginning when Alshon Jeffrey was like, well, you know what, I, I was told I can take them. Well, who told you you can take them? A team doctor, NFL official, was, was it, it some player? You see, who was his like, name yeah. is Steve. Yeah, these these are the this is the good stuff. This will get you back on the field when really it's against the rules to take those. Steve works in the gym, not for the gym. <laughs> he just works at the gym. He works at the gym, not for it. But Mark, you being the Bears fan, I'll throw mm-hmm. it at you this way: what's your what's your biggest takeaway, and what's the biggest ramification from this PED suspension for a guy and a team that have been struggling all season? Well, here's my takeaway: uh, one. You know, this is obviously Jay Cutler's favorite target, uh, and if Jay Cutler was not playing, this would probably be anyone else's favorite target as well. Um, for some reason, with the exception of Brian Hoyer, who liked Cameron Meredith instead. And Zach Miller. Yeah, so, you know, this is going to be that number one target. So even if, like, Matt Barkley had to come in there and play, or, you know, some scrub they pick up off the street, they're going to want to throw to Alshon Jeffrey. So that target is gone. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's going to take the production down a lot. I hate to say it, and a lot of Bears fans might, they probably don't care at this point, but they might get mad is that this is the perfect time for this. Yeah, the Bears are going to probably lose to the Giants no matter what, but the Giants like to mess games up, so that's a possible win. The Titans just killed the Packers. But you know what? The Bears beat the Packers last year too, so apparently anybody who is good or bad can beat the Packers. So maybe that's a chance they can win that game. The 49ers are another one of those bad teams. That's the key game in this one, the 49ers. Because in our power rankings, the 49ers are one of the few teams that are worse than the Chicago Bears. So the Bears need to manage to lose that game. Mm-hmm. So that way they can get the second overall pick in the draft. Because you're not going to get the first overall pick. You don't play the Browns. So you can't let them beat you and then get under them. That's not going to happen. you got to lose that 49ers game. And I know people are probably mad at me because I'm saying you should tank. But the Bears, they're not good. They're going to lose. You know, you're 2-7 right now. Afterwards, you know, when Alshon comes back, you also have that Lions game that he's going to miss. So that's a guaranteed loss. When they, uh, which, yeah, I know that they beat the Lions before, but they're not beating the Lions again. Not in Detroit. But you come back and you got to play the Packers. You got to play the Vikings again, this time in Minnesota. And you're going to play the Washington Redskins, who are surprisingly, you know, doing okay this year. They're doing pretty well. Those are all pretty much losses. The only two games that you can maybe win is Tennessee and San Francisco. Bears are going to lose every game to the rest of the season. Well, and the big thing with me was, even with Alshon Jeffrey, there isn't a lock that you win many games any. the rest of this season. If, Like you said, if any, even if he's out there, if he's not. To me, the big thing I thought of when I first saw Alshon Jeffrey out for four games, breaking news, when I saw it right on the front page of ESPN, was what does this mean for next year because Alshon Jeffrey playing on a franchise tender was not able to get that long-term deal and why he had to sign the franchise tag to play this year. What does that mean for, and I know that I've been talking to some Bear fans that are in my inner circle and they've been saying, well, oh, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't really affect the Bears decision to either not re-sign or re-sign Alshon Jeffrey but really, that's not my issue. My issue is other teams. Are other teams going to say, nah, you, mm-hmm. might, you might be asking for this much. You're not worth it. Well, like You're yeah. having a struggling season, and now you get popped with this. You tell us why you, why you deserve to play for us. For sure, exactly. If anything, this is going to lower that price tag down, mm-hmm. which actually for the Chicago Bears, because, yes, yeah, Chicago Bears are not going to probably resign Alshon Jeffrey. Not because they don't want to resign Alshon Jeffrey. They would love to have him play for the Bears still, especially for that young quarterback they're going to draft next year. The problem for them is they can't afford Alshon Jeffrey. You know, this reminds me of a little time when Coach Marty Daniels, I don't know if you guys remember good old Coach Marty Daniels, uh, when he went out there and made uh, one of his star players who was going to go to the NFL draft and probably get drafted number one overall, Gave him a little bit of cocaine and some hookers and got him in trouble with the law. So he had to come back to college and still play. Very much this reminds me of that. I wouldn't be surprised if Coach John Fox out there was uh, the one actually saying, you know, Alshon, you should take these pills here and check these into you. And I think it'll be okay. Obviously, that's a Blue Mountain State reference for those of you who don't get it. Go watch the show. But, no, I mean, 
this really, in a way, could potentially help the Chicago Bears. One, higher draft pick. Two, mm-hmm. that cost is going to get driven down. Because like you said, it's been a bad year for Alshon anyways. And then with this, if there's any character concerns that suddenly are you know being uh, re-brought up, because those were the things that made him get lower into the draft, that could potentially let the Chicago Bears get him back on the team, something that we pretty much have all accepted is not going to happen. Well, and for me, it's what other teams... What other teams do you think would still say, hey, you know what? You got suspended. Let's go ahead and sign you. There might be quite a few. However, it's like we said, the price tag might go down. And for the Bears, that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing that you want. You want that price tag to go down on Alshon Jeffrey. But if on the Bears, let's say Alshon Jeffrey does walk this offseason... To me, it's not the end of the world because right now you're experiencing the end of the world. Your team is not that good. Like, you guys are hitting the panic button. Mike Rankin is on suicide watch each and every week. I mean, come on. You guys are watching well, the videos. We have to check in on him every hour. But we got the wellness checks. Yeah. Like the, We signed him up for wellness checks, basically, especially after Sundays or Mondays, depending on when the Bears play. But... This is something that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for both the Bears this season. Because like you said, Mark, they're probably not going to win many, if any, games without Jeffrey. And then when we get to the end of the season, it's okay. Is another team going to sign Alshon Jeffrey because of this? And I know there's going to be people on the other side. You know what? It's a four-game PED suspension. No team's going to care. I think there might be some teams that do care, and this isn't a team that would go and sign him. This is just the example I'm making. Like a team like the Patriots, like they're a team where it's like, oh, you bad character issue? Like we'll bring you on. Like LeGarrette Blunt, they brought him on even though he had a wicked pass. But if he started acting up and recurring the issues that he had, like punching a teammate, he'd be shipped out of town the next day. Look at Landon Collins. He got shipped out of town just for saying he wants Von Miller money, and they sent him to the factory of sadness. So there are teams out there that are not going to look for Alshon Jeffrey, maybe because of this. And Alshon Jeffrey might have to make a choice of, well, do I take a pay cut to play with shitty team A, or do I come back to Chicago? Mm -hmm. And it might end up being, well, you know what? I might just end up coming back to Chicago because it's going to be the same money. And I'm familiar here. couple of fun facts about the Chicago Bears offense this year. Uh, in the last three games, uh, or I shouldn't say that, um, but in only twice now in this season have the Bears scored 20 points or higher. Mm-hmm. This offense is bad. And that's something that's bringing Alshon, because it's not completely Alshon Jeffrey's fault. We all obviously know that. But they're thinking you got to be that leader that goes out there. For the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears, this is bad because Kevin White keeps getting hurt. He's not out there. Eddie Royal's been hurt. He was supposed to be this Meredith great option. looks like your lone bright spot. Maybe he'll be good. Uh, you know, Zach Miller's been out there doing pretty well. I do want to, of course, make a shout-out for those of you in fantasy football. Go out there and grab Cameron Meredith just in case. You have him in our league, don't yeah, you? He's yeah. only owned in 20% of those ESPN leagues, so he's there. He's available. You never know. It might happen. Mm-hmm. He might get all the looks his way. But just want to point that out. Um, go grab him. So anyways, now the thing for Chicago, of course, is that. But 
really they're going to be getting a new quarterback mm-hmm. soon enough anyway, so they're okay. Moving to the opposite side of it, what teams are going to want him? I mean, maybe a team like, you know, the the Patriots are going to say, hey, we're the Patriots. We don't want to mess with this. I really think this doesn't change anything. Unless he goes out there and really causes some trouble or then gets another suspension because he smoked a little bit of weed or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, then sure, that might cause some more problems. But right now, before this, he was going to be the hottest free agent going out next year. Well, and now he's still, I'm going to say, is the hottest free agent going out next year. And right now I'm looking at an article on the Chicago Sun-Times where the title of the article is basically, what does Alshon Jeffrey suspension mean for his Bears future? And the one line from it that I think is very true is it says, and I quote, it's on Jeffrey to repair his image. He'll have three games at the end of this disappointing season to do just that. Right now, if I put it at, let's say he comes back with the last three games and plays mediocre and doesn't have like a big blowout game and doesn't really blow the shoes off anybody, the only team that I think that might take a stab at him and say, you know what, let's bring him in, is the Miami Dolphins. But the only reason I would say that is because their head coach was the offensive coordinator last year with the Bears. So maybe there's something where Adam Gase wants to bring him in to play along and have a playmaker on the outside. But not even that. Like I look at that and I go, this is a Dolphin team that just started to play well this year once they got a healthy offensive line, would they want to bring in somebody who has had this kind of, and I, I'm talking about it, like you're probably sitting there going, Ricky, it's PEDs. It's not like he went out and did what Greg Hardy did last year. No, he didn't, but this is something where teams, A, don't want distractions, and B, they want their players out on the field. So if you're not going to be out on the field, why are they going to sign you? Well, I, I think that, you know, and you guys can, uh, this time you can call Ricky out for overreacting on this one instead of mm-hmm. me. Uh, I think that's a huge overreaction. I think literally any team that needs a wide receiver is on the phone day one, calling all Sean Jeffrey. You know, this is a guy who twice now has had over 1,000 yards, uh, and that was with, you know, uh, Brandon Marshall out there, obviously, so that certainly helped. Um, but... You know, getting ten touchdowns one year, seven the next year. Last couple years now, he's you know going to have to miss some games. Missed uh, what was it about seven seven games mm-hmm. last year? So missed seven games last year, but still put up eight hundred yards. Definitely still doing quite a bit. This guy's going to be you know one of the hottest commodities out there. Anyone, any team that has a young quarterback needs a weapon. They're calling this guy up. Well, any I'm- team that does not have. A weapon right now out there, they're calling all Sean Jeffrey on day one. And I'm looking at teams right now, and I'm just, to me, some of the teams that are circulating through my head, the Dolphins, like I said, because of the Adam Gase connection, the San Diego Chargers, just because of their, the past two years, and especially this year, how their wide receiver core has been decimated by injuries. But then I look at other teams, and it's like, well, The Eagles have a young quarterback, but they don't really, like, they have Jordan Matthews, so they don't need, like, a main guy to pair him up with. I mean, other young quarterbacks, the Rams, I mean, they could go out and get an Alshon. They need wide receiver help, but why would Alshon want to go play? Well, 
it sounds kind of stupid. Of course you'd want to go play in L.A., but why would you want to go play for the Rams is if the question I should they ask. But really, I think Alshon would want to win, so I'm trying to find teams that are more of an on an But you got to wait to see. You can't say that until we see Jared Goff play. The Titans. They could be a team as well. They mm-hmm. look at their wide receiver core. So the three that I would throw out there, all in the AFC, Titans, Chargers, and Dolphins. I honestly think there are very few teams that are not going to give the phone call. Well, every like people are going to call, but which teams, narrow it down, which teams do you think are going to be in the serious talks to get Alshon at the I know this is kind of mm-hmm. flipped a little bit. But which teams do you think are seriously going to be in contention to get him at the end of well, the season? Well, I for sure think this? a team like the San Diego Chargers are one of those teams where they want to make that last mm-hmm. splash. You're looking at anybody who is either the young quarterback situation, the Jared Goff situation. I'm not going to count out the Eagles, although I don't think they're one of the hottest ones for or the, it. Or the one final piece team. Exactly. And that's what I think would more make the Eagles in the conversation. They're like, hey, we're a good team. Just give us that one more piece to our offensive game. We're going to do good things out there. You know, I think that uh, you got to look at other teams like, you know, when the Baltimore Ravens were a good team, they were that explosive mm-hmm. offense out there. They're really trying to get that going back again. That's a team that would love to have a huge weapon out there. Brock Osweiler hasn't been doing that great in Houston. Give him a got, weapon out he's there. He's got two of them. He's got DeAndre Hopkins and Will. That's the only mm. team. Where their problem isn't wide receiver, it's the quarterback. And that's my two-second rant on that. Well, he, Brock they're, they're having the a problem. little bit of result. I mean, I don't want to completely blame him yet. He's I want to wait till next more than year. Hopkins and Fuller. But my thought is you trade one of those and replace them with an Alshon Jeffrey. You're going to get more picks out of one of those guys. Oh, and then you can I expand take, your team better. I would take either of those. Here are two interesting teams from the NFC that I just thought of. One, I don't know if I would completely like it because I, I I let's be honest it would be a good thing for this team one of them's the Panthers you get to pair him up with Greg Olson again get an actual you get Calvin Benjamin with Alshon Jeffrey. he was never with uh with Greg Olson he wasn't on the same team with Greg nope. Olson Greg Olson was a Mike Martz trade okay then screw that but still you get him with Greg Olson who's a quality receiver you get Alshon Jeffrey on the outside you get Calvin Benjamin on the outside the other one, and this is the one where I'm not quite sure if it would work, but uh, and A, I don't know how I would feel about it, Minnesota. Stefan Diggs is kind of like, he's our number one, but it's like, okay, can he be that superstar wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Laquan Treadwell, yes, he is the future at wide receiver, but really, the Vikings, I like this they year. Don't really, I don't know. They don't seem like they really. Uh, really, it's is this really season a. Is this season for the Vikings, and I don't mean to bring them into this, but, I mean, mm-hmm. they could be a team that might look for a wide receiver. Is it that we don't have AP? Is it the offensive line injuries? Or is it, hey, let's, you know what, Sam Bradford, let's say he stays healthy. It's like, hey, Sam Bradford stayed healthy. Sam Bradford looked fucking good at the beginning of the year. Let's get him a big target to just mm-hmm. say, hey, throw the ball and go jump and get it. You know who I think would love a throw the ball, go jump up and get it? Same division. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> a guy who we keep saying is on the downcline because he keeps struggling. Well, he keeps struggling, but, I mean, we do got to give him the respect that he's still probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best. Or even throw the Lions out there. They used to have one in. They used to have the best mm-hmm. one in Megatron. So this is, as we're running through pretty much every team in the NFL mm-hmm. here, everybody 
you know, if you're not one of those teams that you're absolutely 100% set, there's no possible way Patriots you could do it. Patriots are a no. Cardinals are a no. I would say Seahawks are a no. Broncos are a no. There's going to be pretty much Chiefs, I would say, everybody is a no. going for it. Everybody's going to want it. There would be a lot that go for it. He's really, still the hottest commodity coming into the free agent market. It will be very interesting to see, and I can't wait to talk about this when we get to the offseason of where exactly he could go, but we are going to move our direction from one from the Bears to another team in the North. Before we do, you guys let us know down below what you guys think about the Alshon Jeffrey suspension. What do you think about the Bears' future because of this? Alshon's future because of this? And what are your early picks for where he could end up at the end of this season? Does he stay or does he go now? To quote uh, one of my favorite songs that I love listening to. But we're going to move on and... Look at the Detroit Lions, Mark. This is a team that, uh, before the podcast, me and you were kind of running through our predictions a little bit. And uh, this entire NFC North, uh, we didn't hit it. We we missed the nail on this one. Like, missed the nail, hit our mm. thumb, and now we're sucking our thumb like King Richard and uh, Disney's Robin Hood. It's tough. You know, it's tough. It's tough because... You can never forget that the Lions want, once went 0-16. You can never get that out of your mind. It's just impossible to get it out of your mind, and therefore you think that they're always probably going to be bad, right? Every single year they're going to be bad. No, but uh, even when we were talking about the NFC North, although to be fair, we were saying what's wrong with the NFC North, and there's nothing wrong with the Detroit mm-hmm. Lions. They're proving that every day now. Uh, you know, It's just kind of one of these things where we didn't really give them the love, we didn't really give them the respect, and here they are, they're bouncing in there. To be fair... This division is still anybody's game. Detroit and Minnesota are technically tied. You know, they're both 5-4 and four here. Green Bay's only 4-5. and five. All it takes is for one of these teams to go on a run, uh, and then that can change everything, really. I mean, it's not going to happen, but technically the Chicago Bears could still win out and do something. Once this again, not going to fucking happen, but I'm just saying this division is still anybody's game. Everyone's stuck in the middle. Mark doesn't want to piss off any more uh, I gotta be really, talking. really fucking clear when I talk now. Mark's basically saying, you fuckers don't get sarcasm. That's 99% of what Mark is. I just, like to, I just like to piss Ricky off. Well, yeah, and that's what the Viking pokes come from, mm-hmm. but really it's a three-team race, and I mean... With the Lions, can they win the division? Yeah. And really right now, they are on the right side of the momentum because they come off a big win to the Vikings. Ever since going 1-3, and three, they're now 4-1. and one. They've got the Jaguars next. That's a win. You get the Vikings then at home. I mean... That's a game you could easily win because, I mean, you beat us in our home stadium, the first team to beat us in that new stadium, and now you get us at home on Thanksgiving. The schedule is very favorable. I mean, the Saints will be a tough game, but, like, you look at their next four games, the Saints is your toughest game. You play Jacksonville at home, the Vikings at home, you go to New Orleans, and then you come back home to play the lowly Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a Lions team where let's say they win three out of one. Let's say they lose that Saints game, Mark. They're sitting at eight and five. You could then lose the rest of those games in an eight and eight, probably make the playoffs in some years, but that's where it's going to get interesting. You have to beat up on these next four games, 
And I would say go 3-1, and one, maybe even 4-0. and oh, Because then you get the Giants on the road. Then you get the Cowboys on the road. Those could be two losses. And then you're sitting there against the Packers on New Year's Day going, hey, we might have to win this just to get in the playoffs. Because if you go 9-7, and seven, I don't know if that might, that might not be enough to make the playoffs this year in the NFC. Yeah, this is going to be very important for the uh, Detroit Lions here. You know, Jaguars, um, you know, the the division games are a little tough, except for maybe the Bears here. But And to be fair, though, the Detroit's already lost to the Bears once. But you got to win all these things because it's not easy at the end when you're playing the Giants, the Cowboys, and then the Packers. But to be fair, I would say that the Vikings probably have an even harder schedule because you're going to play the Cardinals. Uh, who I know the Cardinals are not doing great this year, but they're still kind of swinging up a little Cardinals, bit. Cardinals, Lions, Cowboys, I am scared. You should be. I mean, the the Vikings, you still had the Colts and the Jaguars, which, you know, you probably got those ones. But moving over to the Green Bay Packers, you know, they're going to play the Redskins. They're going to play the Eagles, the Texans who play up. Uh, even the Seahawks. I, the Seahawks, even though I guess the Texans are probably down from, or the Packers are probably the worst uh I don't know. Would they be the favorite team to win that game? What the against Packers the Texans? The Tex- I would. I would. I would think so. Only because I would take Aaron. Even though Aaron Rodgers is on a little bit of a just struggle. He's struggling. He's struggling. He's I don't want to say he's on a decline. He's just struggling. Not not a decline. A downcline. He's I'm on the downcline. Right. But uh, it's. I would still take mm-hmm. any day. I would still take Aaron Rodgers over Brock the Cock. That's just plain and simple. Brock the Cock has shown that he's been overpaid. This year, especially in my mind, but really, like it's just with me, it's momentum. And the one team that I think the Lions need to be—it's interesting because schedule-wise, they should be afraid of the Packers because games like the Eagles, games like the Texans, then the Bears and Vikings, depending on how those play, the Packers might have a more winnable schedule than. The Vikings, who play the Cardinals, they play the Cowboys. Like, those are two tough games already facing a four-game losing streak. However, talent-wise, I want to say the Vikings are the team that the Lions need to be afraid of. Talent-wise, it's the Vikings. Schedule-wise, it's the Packers. It's tough. This this whole division here, you know, it is very middle of the pack it's be right a now. Shoot. Uh, it's pretty be a much, because shoot. you look at these teams and, you know, the— the Lions have a bad running game. They have a good, you know, a good to average. I don't want to say it's too great passing game right now. Uh, and their defense is pretty pretty average, slightly above average. Vikings have a shitty run game, a bad passing game mm-hmm. because of that offensive line to both, but a great fucking defense. And that's why the one thing I thought today, I know one of the moves the Vikings did make today was they signed um, Rashad Hill ex-practice squatter on the offensive line from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't you love that practice squad of the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'll take any offensive line help that I can get right now. Jamarcus Webb might still be available, man. Well, no, when I saw that we that we cut Blair Walsh, I know I, I know we got four bath and he's going to replace Blair Walsh, but as soon as I saw the Seahawks wave Christine Michaels today, I went fucking claim him. Claim him because really it's Asiata is not bad, but have you seen what Christine Michaels can do? Maybe he can be a shot in the arm to this run game. That's not if you I, don't have an offensive line. That's where I am right now. Well, the offensive line in Seattle wasn't that good. 
This is well, one of the, this is probably the worst offensive line in football. They Ricky. gave a, they gave away their center to get Jimmy Graham, who took a few games to be. You guys yeah, also nice. don't have Russell Wilson. I know we don't have Russell Wilson. I know we don't have Doug Baldwin. But it was one of those things where I'm like, maybe it's a step up from Matt Asiata, and that's not a slight at Matt Asiata because I like a, I like Asiata. Mm-hmm. Ooh. However. I am really afraid as a Vikings fan that we may lose this division to the Lions because I think they're like they're in the driver's seat. They are. The, like I said, the next four games, very winnable, and then it's whatever they do in those last three. I really think that this division is just a crapshoot. It really is to me. It's just kind of the flip a coin, let's see who wins. Uh, and the thing is, a team can win this division with 9-7, and seven. Uh, and other teams can be nine and seven too, but still not get into the playoffs. Because NFC uh, East, sorry, has two really good teams, being the uh, Dallas and the Giants, and the Redskins are a good team, Redskins and the Eagles are, are a good team. Redskins are technically the sixth seed right now. They're getting in there. I would still put my Giants uh, slightly above them. Uh, you know, just because I think that they're the better. T- I tr- well, I don't want to say they're the better team. I just trust it's, Eli Manning. It's interesting. And, well, I don't actually. It's just the defense because we give the NFC least a bunch of shit for being mm-hmm. the least. But this year they've been the beast. I mean, the Cowboys are at the top. The Giants right now the fifth seed. The Redskins are the sixth seed. And who's the seventh seed? Just on the outside, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That is the like my prediction of yeah, three teams from the NFC North are going to make the playoffs. I meant to say the East. That's what I meant to say. Ah, of course. But I, I just got them confused. You know, it's East, tough. North, directions. They share a lot of letters. They're hard, but really they have been the best division in this NFC. But really it's a crapshoot because the Vikings are right there. The Cardinals are right there. The Lions, if you even fumble a few games in this next four stretch, let's say you get upset by the Jaguars. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what if then you lose that division? You can lose that division by one game, and you could be sitting there nine and seven, going, "We didn't win the division, we didn't get in the playoffs because we lost that one game we should have won." Yeah. And that's what could happen. That's how close they say that football. The big cliche, oh, it's a game of inches. This could be the the season for the NFC North, where it comes down to one game again, like it did last year. Last year, Vikings had to beat the Packers and vice versa to win the division. It could happen again this time. The Lions could be that team fighting for the division. Yep, much like uh, much of the NFC. Flip your coin. You know, it's still anybody's game here. Uh, I I don't want to count anybody out, except for the Bears. I don't want to count anybody out, but it's going to be tough because the Lions, like you said, they've got a lot of momentum, and the Vikings and the Packers are dragging their feet right now. What year were you born, uh, Mark? 91. 91. I was 90. We're going to play a little game to end this segment, unless there's anything else about the Lions that you want to hit. 0-16. When was the last year, take a guess, of the last year the Lions had, and I'll give you a hint, it's within both of our lifetimes, the last year the Lions had a home playoff game. A home playoff game? A home playoff game. I'm just going to go with a good old 95. Close. January 8th, 1994. You were three, I were four. I was very close. I was not watching football at that time. The last time that they had a win 
January 5th of 1992. I was two years old. You were a single year old. Mark. And uh, when was the last time that they won a Super Bowl, Ricky? The le- Never. Yeah. Yep. Never. Never. They actually played a... Uh, actually, no. Scratch that. January 5th of 92. I wasn't even two yet because my birthday was the 17th. There you go. So I wasn't even two and I wasn't even three. So I was three and one. Ricky wearing diapers. Three Imagine and that, everybody. One. I was three and one the last time that... The Lions went to the playoffs, but is there anything with the Lions or the NFC North that you think that uh, that we didn't hit? No, the only thing I gotta say is you know get a get a coin that somehow has three sides to it and flip it. What? It's a three headed race. Oh, oh, I I get it because now you got there's it. Three teams. Yeah, I I get it. Well, sooner or later we'll be able to eliminate one of them, right? Because. One of them might be able to fall off. Hopefully it's the Packers, not the Vikings. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below. What do you guys think? How are the Lions going to fare in the divisional race? And what do you think about the NFC North in general and all the teams, even the Bears who uh, got the Lions treatment this time and uh, didn't even get a mention until here at the end. We're going to move on, though, into our final topic. And this is a topic, Mark, where we did this same similar topic for the Vikings during the preseason. And everyone seemed to love it, so let's do it again for the team that's been the hottest team and number one in our power rankings this week, the Dallas Cowboys. Mark, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Can Dak Prescott lead the Cowboys to a win in Super Bowl Lee? Well, I mean, I, I think that if anyone's leading this team there, it's obviously Ezekiel Elliott more so than Thank Dak you. Prescott. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for answering it that way. You're, you're welcome. But Thank you. Now, do I think that the Dallas Cowboys could get to to the Super Bowl? Sure, they could possibly get there. Uh, can they win it? I really don't think they can. Uh, you know, I I think it's just a lot of inexperience being Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. A lot of inexperience out there, um, and that's a tough thing to to overcome, especially in the playoffs. Especially in the Super Bowl, it's a tough thing to overcome. Well, I'm just talking about the road that they would have to go yeah. through to get to oh, the Super sure. Bowl. And I think they're a really good team. I think there's a lot of good parts. And you look at you know some of these things. they got the best running game out there. Uh, their passing game is fairly average. Their uh, defense is actually impressing people. It's been better than it should be when you really look at it on paper. And, man, did they know how to score points. You know, you just look at Ezekiel Elliott run, and uh, he can just get into the end zone and not have a single player touch him. That's fucking amazing. And that is the best part of this team. That's what makes everything better. Uh, Tony Romo aside, because, yeah, he's basically done. Tony Romo himself said, hey, you know what? I'm willing to sit on the bench as hard as it is for me to do that. I'm willing to sit sit on the bench because this is Dak Prescott's time right now. He's impressive. He's earned it. Uh, But this team is a great team. When it gets into the playoffs, that's when I think they will hit the struggle. That's when some of these other teams that are also really good teams, you can't ignore the fact that any team in the playoff uh, in the playoffs is going to be a good team. That's when some of these teams are going to you know, really make an effect. And Ricky, I mentioned to you before the podcast, even though the New England Patriots lost a game, you wanted well, to put game, them at number one. I wanted them to still be the number one seed because I lo- thought about it and I thought, if Tom Brady and the New England Patriots were going to go up against Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott's mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys, I would put my money on the New England Patriots still. I would still say that the Patriots would win that game. 
And to me, that says they probably should be higher, the higher ranked team out of the two. I still don't think anyone can beat the Patriots. So will they win? No, I still think at this point that Tom Brady is going to go and just give everybody the finger and win it all. But they can get there, maybe. At this point in the season, I am so happy. Like, you guys, if you are an avid listener of Most Valuable Podcast or even The Onside Kick, you guys know my side, my kind of thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys You hated Dak Prescott when he came out. Oh, I still don't like Dak Prescott. And it's not a thing. It's more of a thing where I can't, like, it's one of those things where Maybe it's the old man Widmer in me, even though I'm not that old, um, where it's like young kid come in, boom, instant success. But I have a petty Unless side. Unless it's Carson Wentz. I have a petty side to me. You love well, Carson he's Wentz. He's falling off, though, and he's going through some rookie struggles. I can't wait for Dak Prescott to have his rookie struggles because the one thing that we, like, and this happens with numerous things around the league, hot rookies, the Wildcat when it first came out, Chip Kelly's offensive system for a few games. It was really hot. It was really good. Then we got some tape on it. Figured out how to beat it. What's going to happen is right now you look at this schedule and I'll run down it. Besides the division, like there have been some close games. Like I'll say Washington, that was a close game. The Niners, that was a close game. Shouldn't have been a close game. The Niners aren't that good of a team. Yeah, you've had good wins over Cincy, who's not good. The Packers were struggling. Philly is a good team. The Browns aren't a good team. That's an easy win. Pittsburgh is struggling. And the one thing that, and I'm glad that you said, like, I'm at a point in this season where I am giving Dak Prescott respect for what he's doing because, it, it like, no rookie's ever done this. However... It's one of those things where I am not ready to crown their asses, to quote the late Dennis Green. And the reason why I picked out their closest games, Steelers, Philly, San Fran, and Washington. Closest wins. The Giant game was close as well. But in those close wins, Redskins, Niners, Eagles, and Pittsburgh, in three of them, what position, and I say position because really there was one wild card that scored one of them. What position do you think scored the go-ahead touchdown to give them to win? Running back. The running back. Zeke twice, Alfred Morris once. The only game that Dak Prescott won himself, I would say, is that Eagle game. Tying it up with a touchdown to Des Bryant and then winning it with, I don't know how Jason Witten gets that wide open in the end zone. My point being, look back to this last week. If the Steelers, and this is my biggest, and this is bringing the Steeler rant into this, but I'll try to keep it quick in like two seconds. My biggest issue with the Steelers right now, they're not a disciplined football team. Too many penalties, it showed. They should have got a face face mask penalty. They got one a few plays later. The next play, shot in the barrel, Zeke Elliott right through the line. We're walking off winners in in D-Town, basically. If Pittsburgh was a little bit more disciplined of a team, we're putting Dan Bailey out there. And it might not have been in field goal range. And it might have been a miss. And you might have lost that game. I know it's a lot of woulda, shoulda, couldas. And I know Dallas fans are going to say, well, 
suck at Ricky. We won. But when you get to the playoffs, and I kind of sound like Jim Mora, playoffs, playoffs, the good teams show themselves. The Russell Wilsons, that Seattle defense, the Tom Brady's, these guys know how to play. And when I look at this conference, when I look at the other conference, I'm going to say no, they don't win the Super Bowl because I'd say right now if they play the Giants in the second round, they lose to the Giants. I know that Dallas fans are going to be like, well, if Terrence Williams got out of bounds, we'd be undefeated and the Giants wouldn't have beat us. But I think that that defense is going to figure it out by the time they see you in the playoffs. And they got one more... The Giants have one more time to see you, so they're going to have two times and extra film to figure you out. The Seahawks, I don't think Dak can fi- figure them out. And then the biggest of them all, the two teams in the AFC, I think would beat the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. I don't think Dak Prescott goes up against Tom Brady and comes out alive. I don't think that happens. Well, I think you get, you're putting a lot of it on Dak Prescott, too, and I, I think that... You know, for for you thanking me for mentioning Zeke, well, he would you're putting a lot on him. He would right have. Well, it would become one of these things. If I'm going to use the Seahawks and the Giants, and this is a game plan that I think in the playoffs, their teams are going to issue. Zeke's the one winning games. We're going to shut down Zeke, and we're going to force you to throw the ball. We're going to double coverage Dez. Or double coverage Cole Beasley because fucking Dak Prescott don't like to throw to Dez all the time. We're going to take away your favorite target. We're going to take away Zeke. You beat us. And that's what it's going to come down to. And, hey, if he proves me wrong and he has a big play in the playoffs and everyone's hoisting him on his shoulders, then go ahead. I just Mm -hmm. don't think he gets past a – I don't think that offense – I'll say offense because it's not all him. It is a team – I don't think that offense gets past the defense like the Giants or the Seahawks. And I don't think, because the Patriots aren't really a like top defensive team, I don't think that Dak goes mano a mano with Tom Brady and comes out alive. I just don't think it. And the Chiefs, they might not be sexy, but their defense comes to play. And Alex Smith or Nick Foles could mm-hmm. probably get the job done. Until a team can show me that they can stop uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I'm not going to believe that any team really can. Uh, this is the best offensive line in football. You know, maybe you want to throw someone else in there, but I'm going to say this is the best offensive line oh, in football. It is. It is. The, who did you think I was going to throw in there? No, I'm just saying to people in the comments oh, section no, because they, is, they're going to stand by their team. Yeah. No, well, this is the best offensive line in football. So you have this best t- uh, offensive line. So Ezekiel Elliott's doing great. He's... Uh, you know, the third most rushing yards mm-hmm. by a rookie and so far in, in these nine games. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott only throwing two interceptions, 14 touchdowns. That's obviously helped out a lot by Zeke. But when you're, you know, when you're saying that a defense is going to say, you got to come and beat us, it's one thing to say that against someone who has shown some struggles or someone we're not sure about. And Dak Prescott can surely show some struggles, but so far he's done none of that. He's not shown the struggles. I mean, sure, the Dallas Cowboys have gotten lucky here and you know well, every now and then, I'm but they're even, still doing really, really well. I'm not well. saying even on a luck standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it just look at their strength of schedule for this year. They do not have that strong of a strength of schedule. 
their strength of schedule, three, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. That is the lowest of any team in the NFC. And I'm just going to take a peek. The only other team that has a lower strength of schedule than them is the Baltimore Ravens at three seven five so this week. That is, and I look at that and I go, that might be a big reason. It could. Why the Cowboys remember the Chiefs are not too long at. ago? The Chiefs mm-hmm. were kicking ass, and I kept telling people mm-hmm. strength of schedule is a big thing here. But sure, that's definitely something to it. But I don't think. Uh, I don't think that as good as this team is, because when we were in the offseason, you know, whatever was happening, I was still telling, uh, you know, everybody on the podcast that this is the best, you know, like place to play. It really is because of this great offensive line, because of a guy like Dez who's being completely underutilized, mm-hmm. Witten out there. The defense is, you know, okay, but they will survive. They're not a bad defense. You know, it's a perfect place to play. It's definitely a spot you want to be. And the Dallas Cowboys, when Tony Romo was still healthy, they were a Super Bowl favorite. People thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott's come in there and done really well. I picked them to win a Super Bowl, and then Tony Romo gets injured. Kiss of death. For sure. You know, Dak Prescott's done really well, and suddenly, you know, I, I don't want people to get too high on them because he's a rookie, but I don't want people to suddenly go, there's no fucking chance because... He's really not doing that much worse than Tony Romo would have done. He just doesn't have the experience or the absolute cannon that Tony well, Romo has. And the first thing you said, the experience, I that is my big. And I'm not saying like when I say there's not a ch- like in my mind there's not a chance the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I am not saying that mm-hmm. as a knock on Dak Prescott. I am saying that as a knock on. That is the biggest thing this season that I think will come to bite the Cowboys in the butt. And it's not going to be like, a oh, we could have avoided it. It's just going to be you're going to go up against a pretty damn good defense and a pretty damn good team. Really, on the NFC side right now, I think it's going to be the Seahawks. I think it would be NFC title game, Seahawks-Cowboys in Dallas. Richard Sherman, the first time Dak is going to see a defense of that caliber because you look at the remaining schedule and the schedule they've had so far, the toughest defense that Dak has had to play, and he'll play them twice, is the Giants. I mean, the Vikings too. So Giants and Vikings would be the toughest defenses that they're going to face this year. I mean, yeah, the Eagles' defense has been good this year, but they're not like legendary, like the Seahawks defense is there's a reason they're called the Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why multiple of those players have stuck around to build almost a dynasty in Seattle. I think, I think that's the team. That is my one team that I think the Cowboys are going to run into in the playoffs and they lose to them. Which is worth mentioning because the playoffs, of course, ended today. Uh, you got the Giants and the Lions playing each other and the Redskins and the Falcons playing each other. Falcons, I think, would beat the Redskins. The Lions-Giants, that's kind of a toss-up. Um, I'm more likely to personally give it to the Lions than the Giants. So, I think, honestly, the Cowboys could beat either the Lions or the Giants, whichever one they would get. And I think that the Seahawks would beat the Falcons. So, I think that they would potentially play the Seahawks in the uh, in the NFC Championship game in this case. If it all ended today, obviously it doesn't, but that's who I would put up against each other, and I definitely 
would be leaning to pick the Seahawks over the Dallas Cowboys in that case. Well, and the one, here's an example I'm going to use, and of course this is, people are going to say, well, Ricky, this is you trying to use an example to help your case, but I just want to throw it out there for the people that think, oh, Zeke is on such a roll, he cannot be stopped. Look at Adrian Peterson, 2015. 14, almost 1,500 yards that season, 11 touchdowns. Pretty good season from a running back. Goes to the playoffs. Who does he play in game number one at home? Seattle, 23 touches, only 45 yards. This mm-hmm. is a team that no, and that's why they're the team in the NFC that I think is going to be the one to, they're going to be the only ones that are going to be able to beat the Cowboys right now because of that defense, because they've done it before. And Adrian Peterson's a pretty good back. It's not like I'm comparing Zeke to chop liver. No, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, I, I'm in the NFC, I'm not willing to really put any of these teams in there yet. I think there's too much toss-up in the NFC. I think the AFC is pretty dominated by two teams at the moment. But that would, of course, Patriots just, and just, Chiefs. Just two teams? Patriots or Chiefs are are my top team in the AFC Just, right now. You're totally throwing Oakland and Denver to the side. The if other two seven and two, seven and three gonna, teams. If we're going to complain about one with Pittsburgh, your main issue with Pittsburgh is they're an undisciplined team. That's the Raiders, and then that's the Raiders exactly. And then the Broncos and then have if, an easy schedule. I easy schedule. Yeah. Then <laughs> I'm not going to give those two credit. You know, I think the Chiefs deserve a lot of credit. Uh, mostly because they, when you go back into last season, too, oh my God, is this team on a roll? Uh, and then Tom Brady. That's all I got. Well, then, yeah. I mean, the Raiders, to me, you look at this Raider team, mm-hmm. and they are, they're the, actually, they're the anti Cowboys. You look at them, they don't have the best offensive line in football. Pretty good offensive line, but not the best. Their defense is better than it was at the beginning of the season, but really, they're doing as well as they are because of a man called Derek Carr. Basically the exact opposite of the Cowboys where, yeah, Dak's been good, but we're talking about mm-hmm. it's been a team effort. It's been oh, the running sure. back. It's been the offensive line. And then the Broncos, it's like, I don't know how you win some of these games. I don't know how you pull the rabbit out of your hat, but you end up doing it, and eventually that's going to come to bite you in the butt. But I think those are, I think the Raiders are a team to watch because – for it's sure, be I mean, interesting look, to see how far they've got Carl one of the best running games, one of the best best passing games. They score a lot of points. They're just they need to get some discipline on that team because you it's not very often you can break a record for penalties against you and still win. You're not going to do that in the playoffs. I mean, just look at the Bengals last year. Only reason the Bengals didn't win a playoff game was because penalties. And the only other, the one season I was really looking at for AP was the record-breaking season. That's the one I was trying to find where he had the over 2,000 yards. Gets over 2,000 yards in a season, only 99 yards against the Packers in a playoff game. So it's one of those things where just because of how well a team does in the regular season doesn't mean that's going to carry over into the postseason. But Mark, as we kind of end this and the entire podcast, I will ask you one last time for your answer. Are the Cowboys going to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in Houston at Super Bowl League? No, they will not. I'm going to say the same thing. I say they do not. I would put my chips in the Patriot basket if I'm going off of a Super Bowl champion 
right now, but that is just me. I, I think you might be on the same side. Uh, yeah, I think that the Patriots are one of the best teams. Um, you know, we might have a rematch from a couple years ago with the Seahawks. Patriots Seahawks. Yep. I, I I don't know what what I would think about that Super Bowl, but you guys tell us down below what you guys think about the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, this team. Can they make the Super Bowl? Can they win the Super Bowl? What teams in the NFC stand in their way? What teams in the AFC could stand in their way in that Super Bowl game? Let us know also what you would think of a Patriot-Seahawk rematch, what Mark threw out there right at the end. I want to thank you guys all for listening to the Onside Kick. Go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Hit that follow button if you are on Blog Talk Radio. Also, check out our Patreon page right down below in the description. You love the podcast. You're like, whoa, Ricky, I want to see your and Mark's faces like we did for the draft podcast. What's going on? I want to see your faces. Check out the Patreon podcast. That's a way for you guys to help out the channel and make sure that we can do cool things like video podcasts each and every week. want to thank you guys again for checking out this podcast, giving us a moment of your time. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.